But here's an irony. The cost of a living crisis is now leaving families who get working for families tax credits worse off than when Labor first introduced the package in their first 100 days. It's all about the abatement, of course. As wage growth has pushed people past the abatement level, they get less of a credit. But the reason they get a higher wage is, of course, because the cost of living is eroding their spending power. Our Child Poverty Action Group convener, Ellen Johnson, is with us. Ellen, morning. Good morning, Mike. This is the lesson in the dangers of inflation and wage price spiral, which I think we're in at the moment, isn't it? It is a lesson in, in uh, the fact that inflation erodes a whole lot of settings around policy and that the government should be more adept at actually responding to that than it's shown it has been. You could argue, and I don't want to get too political about it, but taking money off me only to shuffle it through the bureaucracy and then potentially to give a bit back is an inefficient process. If you didn't take it in the first place, you wouldn't have the problem, would you? Um, that, there's some truth in that, that perhaps we shouldn't be taxing uh, the part of people's income. But if you want to target the assistance to people who need it the most, then you are going to have to use a bureaucracy to redistribute some of those funds. The problem I think we've got here is that sometimes it gets very clumsy because the, the government, for whatever reason, mainly because it wants to sort of sh- sharpen its pencil and save some money somewhere, doesn't it make, make adjustments to the settings and these, this erosion of the value of whatever's offered is, is, um, comes about. And so it should be inflation-adjusted like super? Oh, we, we believe it should. We believe all those settings, including the tax threshold settings, should be adjusted every year for, for inflation, uh, just so that you don't have to get behind and then need these sudden catch-up from time to time. Difficulty is it costs money. We don't have any money. Um, that's well. That's that's only partly true. If we chose to tax, for example, wealth. If we chose to tax the people who are the wealthiest five or ten percent of New Zealanders, then we would have sufficient money to to, to fund these programs. Um, so you know that 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 argument that we don't have money, I think, is only a partial. Well, argument. no, no, no. It is true because we don't have the money. What you're arguing for is we need to create more money. So you go to the wealthy not, people, but the wealthy people already the are money. taxed. The They've got their own tax rate of thirty nine cents. It, no, no, they may they may face a tax rate of thirty nine percent, but as we saw with with the studies released from the IRD about two about a month or so ago, uh, the wealthiest five percent of people pay very little tax relative to their income, and so the money isn't being invented. The money's there; it's simply not ending up where it should do. Uh, we said all citizens should be expected to pay something towards running the state and supporting other Kiwis. When would that stop? When would what stop? Sorry, increasing the tax on wealthy people. Um, well, it needs to start in the first place before we could talk about it about stopping. I think uh, you know there has to be some level of um, taxation of wealth as well as on the consumption that we see in GST and the various excise tax and on and on the taxation of, of, of labour income that we see with PAYE. What we need to do is make certain that, that low income and modest income Kiwis actually get a break. Otherwise, we'll see them exit to Australia as they are starting to do again. All right, Ellen, appreciate your time very much. Who's the Child Poverty Action Group convener? Ellen Johnson with us. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.